You're right at home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963, we're the station with the classic hits and also the gardening gang for this 20th day of May. Mm -hmm. Good morning to Cheryl and Darcy. Good morning, Pete. Well, we're being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. And they've got a lovely new sign there at Berkeley Vale. It's a very nice colour arrangement. Or the doormaster, you'd appreciate that being an artist yourself. I would, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Sherilyn, it's a big couple of hours coming up on the show. What's in uh, in store for all of us today? Well, I know it might be a bit chilly out there, but we're going to explore cacti and succulents. I think it's about time. We're going indoors to look at those sorts of plants, but outdoors as well, becoming more and more popular by the minute, Aren't almost. cacti and succulents the same thing? No, they're two different things. Really? Yeah. Well, two, we'll, we'll yeah. find out in the course of the <laughs> we show. Will. We're talking to some experts <laughs> as well and we've got all of our regulars with us talking about other things, not just cacti and succulents, but pets, property, all those sorts of things, everything you can imagine okay. for your house and garden. Okay, stay with us for a couple of hours of fun right here at Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning and the gardening gang is asking the hot questions and the hot topics today. We're talking about cacti and succulents mm-hmm. and I asked the question before we had that terrific song there, uh, why aren't these, why in my brain I should say are these cacti and succulents much the same sort of thing? Uh, and the answer was a bit rough, you're giving me a bit of a... <laughs> Bit of a bit of a hand. I gave you a run around, did a run I? Around. I, think I think so. you gave me a run around. That's well, it's right. interesting. A lot of people think they're the same thing. Me? Or yeah, okay. Well, they're not at all. Here's the tricky bit: all cacti are succulents, but not all succulents are cacti. Now I'm thoroughly confused. <laughs> Cacti are a subcategory within a group of plants, which is known collectively as succulents. Now, how do you tell the difference between them? Pretty easily. Cacti have spikes. That's what they have, all right? They usually also have a waxy coating surface that discourages water loss and they store a large amount of water in a very short time. Succulents come in a huge variety of colours. Cacti do come in a, in a few colours, but ca- but succulents are amazing. Also, succulents get their name from their thick sap-like filled leaves, and there's over 60 succulent families as well. There's so they're good in the dry, types. these things, are they? They're amazing in dry and hot conditions. They really, really are. And cactus are as well. Cactus are better in the full sun, to be quite honest, as well. Could so, they be the camel of the flower industry? <laughs> They both are, the cactus and the succulents, they are. And in fact, that's one of the mistakes a lot of people make is that they kind of think like, oh, they're filled with water, I've got to give them heaps of water, but they store their own water. So that's one thing you've got to be mindful of. It's usually how people kill them is too much water, be it in their garden or sitting in a pot as well. So you've got to be very mindful of that. So it helps to let them dry out a little well, bit. Well, that gives me an understanding, but I still haven't resolved in my head yet what mm-hmm. an aloe vera plant is. I have one of those in there because we break pieces off when we've got skin issues, work very well. Uh, so they've got little spikes, so would they be a well, uh, cacti? that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, they are. Like most botanists believe that they are a cacti because they end with a little spike, but mm. you'll have this whole argument between people going, oh, well, really, you know, because the same in Can't science. Can't agree? In, yeah, look, in a lot, a lot, this happens a lot in the uh, botanical world that, 
botanists and scientists disagree over years. And that's why you often see whole categories of plants and families shifting from one species to another. It's oh. quite, or one family to another. That's what they'll do. They'll all agree like, no, that's no more. That's going to go over here now. Uh. And uh, people will think when they read things like, oh, this is wrong. It's not that it's wrong. It's just changed. So it's always helpful to look at the most up-to-date information wherever you get it from even from the internet always throw in the date when you're looking up these things because you'll get the most up-to-date thing that what scientists believe and it's just because it's not because somebody believes somebody else a little bit more it's because we start developing better scientific methods to identify the DNA and plant materials. You know, they call that fluid thinking. How about that? <laughs> so then we can sort of go, well, actually, you know, this is something else now. But, uh, yeah. What, what, what counts, though, Sherilyn, is what you believe in. Because <laughs> you are a bit of a guru, you know. You've written the books. I, well, I've written, yes, I have so written So what is books. an aloe vera, in your opinion? A cactus. A cactus. cactus. Yes. I'll give you the cactus <laughs> award. <laughs> Ask Sherilyn. Okay. So on that, are there any Aussie native cacti and succulents that you're aware of? Good question, Pete. Well, there are no cacti native to the Australian continent, but there's introduced ones that have naturalised since colonial days. Very famous one that you might uh, be aware of. What is it? The prickly pear. Ah. <laughs> that is no, yeah, not very nice. We, we don't like that at all. But there's some that have a cacti or cactus-like appearance as well and people sort of mistake those for being cacti, but they're not. And in succulents, we're looking at pretty much the same thing. But as I said before, botanists, scientists start to look at things and go, oh, I don't know. So we don't officially have any succulents. However, there are lots of plants that behave like succulents. And one that's really popular and you'll see up and down the central coast is pig face. You know those? Yes. Yes, there you go. Very hardy. Very, very hardy. It has a very succulent-like leaf as well. So people sort of argue like, I think that's a succulent as well. So we are looking at, at plants and sort of thinking, are they or aren't they? But really, we could probably say there's about 400 species in Australia that could be regarded as succulents. We just need someone to tick the box, as you said, Pete. I'm amazed at a country or a continent... I should say, mm-hmm. of uh, such uh, desert-like conditions, yes. hasn't adapted over the many generations, of course, yep. uh, well before anyone was even here, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, native Australian cactus because, I mean... Right, yeah. It's uh, such a dry place and, you know... Well, we do I mean, have... Maybe <laughs> the gum tree is our equivalent to the cactus. Well, we do they? have plants that behave like them, but they're not scientifically regarded oh, okay. as such. And you've got to look at the behaviour of a cacti. It grows its spines to protect itself from, the, from, from predators or things that want to eat it, but also... We've only realised this quite recently that the pattern of the spikes around a cactus encourage airflow around the cactus so it helps cool them down. Mm-hmm. Now, in Australia, we do have, as you said, extremes of weather. Perhaps our plants that do hold a bit of water in them, perhaps they're getting cool enough at some point in the day that they don't need that extra. That is good logic. Yeah. Good that's logic, just, That's Sherilyn. just my theory. Yeah, okay. I'll give you a PhD for that one. <laughs> All right, we've got lots of other experts, better experts than me as well, coming up for the rest of the show when we explore more about cacti and succulents. This is The Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn this morning. Thanks for joining us. The Gardening 
Lightning Gang are on the road. Where are we going, Sherilyn? To Floriard in Canberra to broadcast the Coast FM Gardening Gang show live from Australia's biggest floral display, September 22nd to 24th. Count me in. Everyone can join us. Get on board. It's a fully escorted tour over three exciting days, including additional garden visits, accommodation and most meals. And who are the escorts? We are, Pete. If you'd like to join us, hurry and book now. Call Palmer's Tours 4325-8000. Coast FM 963 with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. For whatever reason, Sherilyn chose the topic of C's and S's. Cacti and succulents. Cacti and succulents. We're mm. stuck with it. We are. <laughs> but somebody who's got a lot of knowledge. Yes. Not that you haven't got it. I'm oh. not taking anything away from no, you. Okay. Uh, there's a lady called um, Rachel O'Kell who's popped up before from mm. our green sanctuary, eager to share the information this morning. She is. Hello, Rachel. Hello. How are you? Are Wait. you eager? <laughs> She's all right. Okay, let's get the eagerness out of you. How can we look after our cacti and succulents in winter and they don't die, do they? No, well, they shouldn't be dying. But um, one of the major things for cacti and succulents in winter is to reduce watering. And if you don't do that, then yes, maybe they will die. But um, I think Sherilyn rule... touched on that earlier. Hmm. <laughs> Let's reinforce that. Let's say it again, Rachel. <laughs> Don't overwater it's, your it's cacti crucial. and succulents. Yes, it is. It is. And it's not. It's not just about how much water you give them. That's not what overwatering is about. It's how frequently you are watering them. So we are going to be watering our cacti and succulents infrequently. We're stretching it out. So the main thing to be aware of is that it's much colder and the days are much shorter. So your plants are receiving less light and therefore they are using less water. And this doesn't just apply to cacti and succulents. It applies to a lot of plants, especially indoor plants, which you know is what I love to talk about. So we really want to allow those cacti and succulents to mostly dry out and avoid watering the foliage if you can. Now, most of our Gardening Gang listeners are fairly, you know, adept gardeners, so they'll be saying, I know about that. I know about that. Why do they keep saying that? Because part of our listening base yes. are fresh to... Fresh to the field. The field, that's the word. So that's thank it. you for you know, asserting your knowledge there. So what other things do we have to do to make sure our cacti and succulents survive winter, Rachel? Don't give them too so much water. Another, <laughs> don't what? <laughs> don't give them too much water. What else? What else? Sorry, Rachel. Well, that's okay. This goes um, hand in hand with the reducing watering is to check your drainage. So a lot of um, cacti and succulents, we don't repot them often because a lot of them are fairly slow growers. Mm-hmm. So especially coming into winter, you want to check your drainage. And that even means checking your drainage hole. So make sure they're not blocked. I have had personally a succulent pot that had a blocked drainage hole and it had filled up with water last time it rained oh. and now I've made sure, especially coming into winter, that that is not blocked anymore. Um, so, yeah, really important to have our drainage holes open and to be using appropriately um, appropriate cactus mix or cacti and succulent mix for those plants and that will ensure that they have good drainage. Okay, so not, don't have a water, get good drainage. Yep. What's the next one? That's it. Okay, Feed so them. the next one is Feed? 
No. No. No, we don't want to feed them at this time of year. Okay. I mean, look, it's still autumn. You could probably give them one last feed now. Um, they're not particularly hungry plants, but in winter, majority of species, and, you know, if you know what species you have, you can look it up, but a lot of them are going to go um, dormant. Um, which means they're not going to be growing a lot. They're not going to be using a lot of energy. But um, in conjunction with that, we do want to check if we have frost in our area. And some areas on the coast do get mild frost. Mm, And some succulents and cacti are not frost hardy. So know uh, or, you know, try and find out which succulents and cacti you have and find out whether they are frost hardy. And if they are not, then you need to prepare them for frost. So there's products you can buy or you can move them to protected, covered areas or move them inside. Um, And it is important, yeah, to obviously not let them get frost because if they do, that can be really detrimental to their foliage and the whole plant itself. Well, my aloe vera one tends to survive rather well, Cheryl. It must have been uh, acclimatised to Saratoga, I think. Does it? Well, that's very good. Could be. Could, could be just yeah. a good place to start with. But, Rachel, should we be moving our cacti and succulents that are indoors into warmer areas of the house? Should I put it, like, in the ha- the room that I've got the heater What, on? if it's an indoor plant already? Well, if it's an indoor plant. Should yeah, go you wouldn't want to take it from around. the front garden to indoors, No, would I wouldn't you? probably do. No, wouldn't be wise. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think moving them for warmth is required, but moving them for light is definitely required. And it's kind of cool to watch their colours change in the cold weather. So a lot of succulent cacti will produce more oranges and purples in that cold weather. It's like their stress response. It's not a bad thing. It is just them, um, I guess, being aware of the change in the season. So for our indoor cacti and succulents, we don't necessarily need to be moving them for warmth, but we do want to be moving them for light. So we want to be providing them with the best light possible inside. Obviously, the sun has moved lower in the sky, so the angle of the light coming into your house is going to change. And in most cases, cacti and succulents, you want them to be pretty close to the window, even on the window still. Um, is a good spot. And if you don't have very good light levels, then introducing something like a grow light oh, will yeah. help your cacti and succulents along. Yeah. yeah that would be right through the whole winter period, would it? Like until about maybe October or September, would it? Until the... Until, well, obviously it depends on what the weather's doing, but until it starts to warm up and the days start to get longer, yeah, definitely. Right, okay. Gotcha. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for those tips to keep our cacti and succulents nice and healthy through winter. Yeah, we owe you a good succulent. <laughs> we don't, don't say that. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, my God. You're so welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. That's Rachel O'Kell there from Our Green Sanctuary, one of our regular guests here on The Gardening Gang. Did I say something silly, did I? You did. You always do. <laughs> it's The Gang on Saturday morning. Back to the classic hit. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on The Gardening Gang. Hey, gang. How you going? Our green man has a couple of ideas that have come to mind as part of our uh, Coast FM uh, gardening gang today. Has he? So, yes, MC, how do we tackle all that rubbish that's left behind after the, the coronation event? Uh, Hello, now, MC. MC, what have you got in mind, my friend? I'm bringing a fungi that is making a meal out of plastic to you this week. Oh. It's uh, a new discovery by some Australian researchers at... Um, uh, the university in 
in Sydney yeah. and a great team working together to bring us some new some new hope for the, the law on way. So the plastic problem we all acknowledge, no question about that. Are we ready? Are we ready for fungi to clean up uh, our plastic waste, do you I think? Mean, hang on. Before you even go, are we ready? Where did this fungi come from? <laughs> Out of space? I mean, a plastic-eating fungi sounds all a bit too convenient fungi to land. me. Where's it from? <laughs> I mean, is this a mushroom? This is mushroom-related, I guess. Um, the, I'm not sure if this fungi or mould actually has a fruit, but... I'm going to try and pronounce this for you here. There's two types uh-huh. uh, that they've uh-huh. discovered. They're common. They're found in plants and soil all around the world. And the one one's called Aspergillus terus, uh-huh. and the the uh-huh. second is Endodontium album. Um, I think I've heard of a kid name that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was an uncomplicated name that. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Back to you. Back to you. Yeah. So the the how how is that having an impact on the problem? Is that Usually, uh, these plastics, these hard plastics, through some UV treatment and light treatment and in combination with the, these two fungi, they've found that the plastic was able to be broken down, actually devoured um, as little as 90 days to bro- and, um, yeah, to That's 140, amazing. up to 140 days. Yeah, because they're always saying those huge. things can last, but yeah. You know, decades. I, I would imagine a plastic car would take longer, but maybe a cup <laughs> could take 90 days. How long is a coronation cup going to last? When you say it's in the development stages by this university uh, mob, uh, that often says to me it's going to be a long time coming, you know? Yeah, this is all just part of research going on at the moment into biotechnology and what microorganisms they've found more than 400 more microorganisms recently that can be used to degrade plastic um okay naturally so it's it's all just about it's all just adding to the the wave of research that's going on at the moment around um how we can how how we can deal with with because you know most of the greenies say oh this plastic will be around for another thousand years Mm. and i've always maintained well in that period of time Technology will probably reduce that significantly. It might be 100 years. Mm-hmm. But this may be within the space of a couple of days. 90 days. I love that. What do these fungi eat before plastic was around? I mean, you know, they, they might have been a bit hungry beforehand. <laughs> probably in Bakelite. Um, they're, they're feeding, uh, so they're in, in the plants in the soil and they're, they're feeding uh, fungi part of the, the um, soil food web. Oh, okay. So they're... They're feeding off um, other bacteria and uh, and the nasty ones too, the pathogens that that exist in the soil. But then they also, yeah, other other important qualities and and um, uses in in the soil themselves. But um, you know, the the tip in the future could look something like uh, a bit more of a zoo, um, but <laughs> with the animals that you just can't see. <laughs> That's it, all the fungi just so in there. Just imagine, we could uh, promote this as being a mushroom-style product yeah. to clean up the plastic, you know. I'm in favour of fungi. Are you? Particularly if they can clean up the plastic. Well, uh, listen, thank you very much, MC, for that. All done. <laughs> all finished. Great. Okay, thank you, my great. friend. Have a great uh, weekend. <laughs> There's MC Mike Loeb. Coast <laughs> FM with the Gardening Gang and more. 
Coast FM 963, home of the great classic hits and you're at home with the gardening gang. Now, Peach just ducked out to get me a cappuccino because I need one today and Vicky has rung us from Narara Valley Nursery. What's hot, Vicky? Hello. Good morning. How spoiled are you getting a cappuccino? I'm getting really spoiled. I really am. And I know you're busy this morning, so we've got to nail you down right now, Vicky, and find out what's hot around the place. So what's hot around the nurseries on the Central Coast right now? All right. Well, here's what I found. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have got lovely flowering zygote cactus in hanging baskets. Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare are loaded up on mini cyclamen and unlike us, they love cold nights. Mm. Lee Rowan's Garden World and Rimba have plants on special throughout their nursery for the month of May and Burbank and Erina have got lots and lots of citrus including finger limes, mandarins, oranges, lemonades plus all the dwarf varieties as well. Oh, yes, we should be talking about those dwarf variety of citrus soon, I think, on the gardening gang. I've had a lot of inquiries about them. They're, they're really handy for people who are living in smaller areas or just don't want to commit to a big tree. Exactly. All right, yeah, on that note. Pots. Yeah, oh, no, they are good in pots, they are. Okay, on that note, Vicky, what's hot at Narara Valley Nursery this week? Hot in our garden centre is our huge range of hibiscus plants. We've got double pink, adonicus pink, mm. dark graces, double Apollo, adonicus red, Aphrodite, grace, medusa, petite pink, and adonicus double pink. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget, it's 20% off all full-price plants, which includes all of these hibiscus and loads more for the entirety of this month of May. Wow. That's awesome. You know what I like about hibiscus? They're gorgeous on their own, but I love them as hedges. And if you got a discount, you could really put a hedge in of those, couldn't you? Exactly. And they're all flowering around my area. I don't know about your area, but at the moment when I go for my morning walks, there's so many varieties of hibiscus and they're Mm. all pumping with flowers at the moment. It's beautiful. And that's a really good indication that hibiscus grow well on the central coast. That's what I say. If you're wondering what to grow in your own garden, have a walk, have a look and see what's growing. And uh, you can definitely see the hibiscus are going gangbusters at the moment. All the coastal grandmas used to have hibiscus in their gardens. That's probably what we've got. Some of the older hedges and plants that are out there, they're all legacy plants from that time. But you can stick them in now as well and increase the hibiscus footprint of the central coast, I say. I think it's a good <laughs> idea. All right, Vicky, what is not so hot in the gardening world at the moment? Well, speaking of hibiscus, it's the hibiscus beetle. <laughs> if your hibiscus flowers are dropping off before they open, it's likely caused by the hibiscus beetle. They like to get into the flowers before they open up and eat all the pollen. Mm-hmm. But all you need to do is bag up the buds which have fallen to the ground, stick them in a bag, bin them, mm. and fill up ice cream containers with soapy water and place them at the base of your hibiscus plant. Now, the beetles think they can swim, but they cannot. Oh, God. So you know the ending of this story. Okay, yeah, no more hibiscus. <laughs> but it's much better than using heavy chemicals because, you know, mm. I really don't like using chemicals in the garden. So this is a non-chemical way of treating the problem. And that's excellent. It's a really, really good idea. I'm, I'm just trying to wonder what makes these beetles think they can swim. It's a bit weird. I know. Poor little thing. <laughs> oh, I dear. just leap. Just leave them. <laughs> leave them run around. <laughs> Let them go. Release them. I, no, no, don't do we'll that. give them a diving board at least so they can have one last hurrah. Oh, no. All right, Vicky. thanks for all your information. Thanks for letting us know what's hot and what's not in the gardening world. Have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you next week.
Thank you and say hello to Pete and enjoy your cappuccino. I will. Thank you. I'll warm up that way. <laughs> okay, back to the great classic hits right here on Coast FM. At home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. FM, this is The Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn on Saturday morning. And Sherilyn, you've got, you've got to hear this bell going. It's beautiful. No, it's, it's like not, Christmas it's in the city. <laughs> okay, time to get your hands dirty, friends and neighbours. Yes, it is. Get those boots on and get ready to put that hand in the soil. But first of all, let's have a look at what's on around the coast that you might be interested in. So much. On Saturday, the 10th of June, there's a terrarium workshop on at Burbank House and Garden at Erina. You're going to learn to design and make a closed glass terrarium and you get to take that home. It comes complete with living plants and an ornament to create interest. You'll learn how terrariums work so you can make more at home and also how to care for them so that they last. To go along, you'll need to book at Burbank. You can call them on 436 now, here's a night to support our friends at the East Gosford Community Garden. It's an Australiana trivia night on Saturday the 10th of June at 6.30pm. Support one of our wonderful community gardens with a night of fun and it includes cash prizes for the winning table and other great prizes as well. This is being held at the East Gosford Progress Hall. Now, there are tickets at the door or you can book at www.trybooking.com. So what can you do in your garden this week? You can plant culinary herbs, artichokes, broad beans, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, cauliflower, cress, garlic, kohlrabi, lettuce, mustard, onions, peas, shallots, spring onions, silver beets, spinach, and also lots of flowers, including a few of those spring bulbs and also calendula candy tufts, canterbury bells, carnations, columbines, cornflowers, delphiniums, dianthus, everlasting daisies, forget-me-nots, foxgloves, gypsophila, hollyhock, honesty, larkspur, wow, there's a lot this week, nigellas, pansies, poppies, primulas, snapdragons, status stock, sweet peas, violas, and still wallflowers. Wallflowers, the middle of winter? Come on, they've got to have a break sometime. It's getting close, it's getting close. (laughs) It's the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn here this morning. Back to the classics now. Coast FM, this is the Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning. Coming into winter, it's a time of year we tend to sort of eat a bit more, Mm. a bit of um, comfort food. Tanya's on the line, our pet vet nurse. G'day, Tan. Morning, Tanya. Oh, good morning, guys. We're talking about uh, the overweight uh, trend with uh, human beings in winter. Yes, is that happening in the uh, <laughs> is that happening in the pet world as well? Oh, it certainly does. We always match the humans in the pet in the pet world. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, what? Too much? Uh, is it too? Is it too much food or not enough exercise? Um. Look, I think. Oh, look, it's probably both, but more so on the side of too much food. Well, Tanya, how do you know how much to feed a, a dog? Because I've got to tell you, my sailor, he's not hes not overweight. He's perfect in every way. However, I feed him different things. I make things for him. And then sometimes I do buy, you know, if I'm busy and I've run out of food, I'll go, oh, I'll get a tin of dog food that's, you know, or the rolls or whatever. And 
to be quite honest, the advice that's on some of these packets just freaks me out. Sometimes it seems too little, sometimes lots. I get really confused in what they say on the internet and all that. I mean, so how do I know? Is there a formula? Yeah, yeah, is there some formula, not just for dogs, but for cats, birds, everything? I mean, where do we get this advice from that is correct? Yeah, look, rule of thumb is usually you do follow what's on the back of the packaging. However, it's important to have a really good food as well. And, I mean, sometimes you have to tweak it to your animal because some, some of the foods are quote-unquote breed-specific. However, you, like Sailor, for example, you might have a boxer, but, you know, one boxer might be small, like shorter than the other or, you know, just... Yeah, things. yeah, they're, um, they're very different. Yeah, but general rule of thumb we, we recommend is follow the, follow the guide on the back. Mm-hmm. However, some of the... I mean, some of them can be... Some animals are overweight and do need to go on a diet. And, you know, it, it is a thing. And there are dietary products that you can get for, for pets. What, dog um, shakes? Dog shakes. <laughs> <laughs> dog shakes. Oh, the lady no, shakes, the dog shakes. The cat shake. I do, I do not advocate for dog shakes. Absolutely not. <laughs> one of the biggest problems for animals putting on weight is Usually, look, usually it's mum or dad, you know, or usually mum trying to stick them, you know, stick to a strict diet mm-hmm. with, with, you know, Brucey the dog. But then everyone else in the family is giving Brucey the dog <laughs> treats under the table. So yeah. poor, poor lucky yeah. Brucey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's putting on all his weight. So um, you've got to, you've got to make sure the whole family's on board and, um, You've just got to stick to exactly what what is on the packaging, and make sure, like I say, make sure it's a good quality food. And it might seem like a small amount, but you've got to check in with your local vet, mm. make sure it's good quality. And if Brucey does seem super hungry, you know, give him a little bit more food. Okay, under the table, not not, not <laughs> too much, not too much. There are ways that you can tell if if your pet is overweight. When you look down at your pet, dog or cat, you know, you should be able to see a slight hourglass shape, okay? So they should go in, in at the ribs, but only slightly, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't want anything, we don't want anything major. Mm-hmm. And then when you feel over their ribs, you should be able to slightly feel them, but with, with you know, a, a small layer of fat over the top. Like I say, there are really good dietary products, mm. but you want to make sure you're getting good quality products, Hill Science Diet and Royal Cannon and things like that. Yep. Um, they're probably your best type of product, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not cheap. So no. talk, you know, talk to your vet if, if you are having trouble with your animal being, yeah, but, being overweight. But as you say, first off, give them a good feel up <laughs> and, <laughs> and see if they've got a, any sort of over, overgrown parts, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just too many, too many curves, yeah. too many love too many handles curves. on your dog. That's it. <laughs> Well, I guess a, a happy pet is um, those uh, slender pets. Would a be slender right? pet. Well, I'm going to say a happy pet is a well-fed proper, pet. Well, a properly fed pet. A properly fed. How's pet. that? Well, yes. That's a, that's a takeaway for today. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Tanya always knows. <laughs> we'll catch you uh, next week with more from our, our pet vet nurse in the segment You and Your Pets. On the Gardening Gang. Catch you then, Tan. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. 
Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning. And Lachlan McDonald is standing by right now from Ray White McDonald Partners to talk about our property on the Central Coast. It's always a topic in conversation. Mm-hmm. Sherilyn, you've got a big one. Hey, 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 Lachlan, how are you? Good morning. You ready for a big challenge today? Always, Pete. I love it when you throw the curly ones at me. What have you got well, for me? Actually, Sharon's got one today that she wants to put to you. I do, Lachlan. Now, I'm I'm the I'm going to give away a secret here. I'm the mother of a couple of millennials, and I know that they're uh, they're getting into the housing market now. Millennials are on the move north from Sydney as well. That's what we're hearing all the time. But where exactly around the Central Coast are they looking at the moment to buy? In uh, your experience, now before you start, mate, millennials. I think uh, guys and girls in their, would they be their 30s and 40s? They're their late 20s to early 40s. Oh, okay. So young, go. young um, family, young family young people. Young families, yep. Okay, there's the yeah. challenge, Lachlan. Where, where do we send them off to? Woi woi? Well, um, Pete, Saratoga. your minor, Adelong, that area, very yep. popular. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right through right through that sort of area to, to Gosford. Um, so we're, we're seeing a lot in the in the Point Clare, Tascot, Coolingong area. Um, also, um, of course, um, uh, you know, up around Long Jetty we've spoken about before is just a young family um, hub now. There's so much activity going on around that sort of area. So a lot of young families moving to that area. Uh, mm. And and then, again, even further north, like we've spoken about before, it's a different young family, those millennials that perhaps aren't coming from Sydney but are maybe coming from Newcastle and looking for ah, something more affordable. I see. Well, I think also, too, a lot of millennials have come from the Central Coast. I mean, for all those who moved here in the uh, 70s and 80s have now got kids and they've grown up, of course, oh, looking maybe for a place back. to live. Maybe they're coming moving back. Moving out of the house and home, oh, shall we yes. say. Oh, yes, okay. Is that so, happening, Lachlan? Yes, or are they moving away? What are you, what's your observations, mate? Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, you know, we see a lot of people that sort of have grown up on the coast. They tend to, you know, some people do. They tend to maybe maybe move away for work or they move away to study or things like that for a number of years and, and then some, some of them are coming back. Um, some people stay and they, they work on the coast. Uh, mm-hmm. But those people, again, a lot of the time, is given how expensive some of the, you know, the areas sort of around the beaches, um, you know, those sort of areas have become... Um, they probably can't quite afford, certainly not at this stage, to purchase into the areas where they may have grown up. Mm. So that's what's been driving that interest level in some of these other suburbs, which I think, you know, if we rewound maybe 15 years or so, would have been sort of forgotten suburbs on mm. the coast. But now right. they're thriving because, you know, you, the, those millennials we're talking about that mm. have grown up here are looking to stay here, but... You know, they, they can't afford for their first home the likes of the Terrigal, the Wombaroo, right. you know, the Avoca. I have to admit, Long Jetty, which is not that far from me, I like going to. It's a long way away it's, from your well, place. No, when you live in the North Half Peak, a day's used, drive. No, it's not. You're used to driving a little bit further for things, but it's getting the reputation of being a little new town. That's what it's getting. And I tell you what, it is. It looks all the world to me like Newtown sort of circa 1985, <laughs> I tell you, in size oh, well, and, and well, boutique shops and all the hipsters sitting around drinking their lattes. I love it. Mate, we haven't talked about those places. Places around Wadalba and those newer suburbs, um, would they? They what? In the first place, they were probably earmarked for new uh, new home buyers and on those greenfield sites. Is that a place too that you've uh, you've recognised for millennials? Yeah, look, they are. 
I think uh, those sort of areas, because they offer the larger homes, mm-hmm. uh, they actually, funnily enough, I think, you know, tend to be more that second or third home buyer, maybe a little older, oh. that are looking for the, the big family house, you know. The, um, you know, funnily enough, Sherilyn, as I think I said to you, I was doing an auction in, in your neck of the woods on Ooh, the weekend. Oh, yes, how'd it go? Yeah, and that was Millennial City. So it was, you know, right in that in that, you know, perfect price point, that sort of mid sixes, mm-hmm. first yep. home buyers, and um, there was a lot of interest in that and all from sort of young couples. It was very, very interesting. Oh, I know. I feel I feel decidedly old in Lake Memora now when I walk around or I go down the shops. Oh, so there goes it's that nice. blondie granny. I know. <laughs> no, it's actually nice. When I first moved there, which was seven years ago, it was full-on retiree heaven and it really is shifting and shifting quickly around there. Mm. Well, I think we've seen a couple of suburbs on the coast I know, around our place. Davistown and Sarah, my God. The young? It was Retirement City. Oh. They've all passed on or right. left mm-hmm. and it's all young oh, trades yeah. families. Mm. I like it. It, it. it sort of breathes life into the place. It does. Mm. It's fun. But the, but the, the car... Situation's gone crazy. Oh yeah, the car. Yeah, you know, it's just every cars. morning there's a lot more cars getting tradies. through. I yeah. have a couple of the tradies that live opposite me, and I have to admit, yeah, the I five like a.m. open up their you know utes <laughs> and things. It's like oh, <laughs> down Davis. If you go around Davis Town, because they yes. have very narrow streets there. Every street's got a chock-a-block. It's got a tradie vehicle out the front oh, plus okay. a boat or a caravan. Is it? Oh. It is like a yeah. car park. Oh, there'll always be something <laughs> to complain yeah, that's about. That's the downside, isn't it? <laughs> that's yeah, the getting swallowed by cars. That's exactly yeah. right. Oh. Can't avoid that. That's progress. <laughs> okay, mate, well, that's very good insight there into the old millennials, mm. people in their late 20s, 30s and early 40s. Coming into the 40s, yeah. Coming into uh, the housing market on the coast. That's, that's right. Interesting, the changing you know. face of the coast. Okay, thank you, Lockton McDonald, and uh, we'll catch you next week, mate. Perfect, thanks, guys. Here's Lockton McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners. He's our property guru. He sure is. <laughs>